Shout out to uh, the beer store. I had a 2014 edition. And I was like, 19%? I'd had a couple throughout the day. It was like Thanksgiving. I'm like, I can handle this, man. I just got to take my time with it. I got to make sure I eat some leftovers, have some pie. I think I was doing good. We were playing poker that night, and I Mm -hmm. stopped taking... You know that part, like the night when you've had probably too much, when you're just like, oh, I don't need to take five to ten minutes inside of sips of, of, of a beer. I'm like, I'm good. Um, then it hit me like a pile driver. And I, I, you know when you just realize, like, when you look down at the cards at the table and you're just like, why is things fuzzy? And you're just like, oh, <laughs> oh, shit, I am in deep water right now. <laughs> and, I, and I just need to float from here. So I was like, I mean, it was probably like one o'clock in the morning at that point. I was like, yo, I'm going to bed. Mm. Woke up the next morning, I felt like someone had taken an actual two by four and just pushed it right through my ear into my head. It was so bad. I just like, I was inside with like sunglasses on. I could only have like a cup of tea and like plain uh, English muffins. I was like, I need to go for a walk. Everyone's like, it's not going to help. I was like, trust me, it's going to help. And I I think I walked off 19.2%. But the lesson there, kids, is um, you're not a superhero. (laughs) That's... And next time, when you have when you have one of those big bottles, right? Yeah, it's meant to be shared with other people. Don't be a greedy asshole and take it all for yourself. That's wild, dude. Uh, I think I think my average ABV of uh, of the barrel aged stuff I'm drinking is between twelve and, and eighteen. Yeah. Just, it's got better lungs for that deeper water than I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a guy who drinks nothing but like. Eight percent double IPAs. You know what I mean? I think I was like, oh, sure. If I just have two double IPAs, it's the same as having one eighteen percent beer, which is not the case. It's like pretty much crushing a whole bottle of uh, a wine. Uh, season four, episode eleven. Stats matter. Thanksgiving recap and talk some NFL playoff predictions. Week thirteen, pick them in our cups this week. I have a no coast pale ale from New Glarus. Shout out to Aaron, the beer stork. He's uh, <clears throat> left the state of Wisconsin on a prop plane, and they ain't going back, but they're going in my gut. Uh, what do you got this week, Tim? Uh, I'm going to have a little counterweight. Uh, ho, ho, hope for the kids IPA, which I couldn't remember if I had done this before, uh, but it's possible. Uh, it's a local brewery. If I did, I don't care. I'm doing it anyway. Uh, the story behind it, every holiday season... They released this beer. I don't think they do much to the recipe. I think it's the same recipe. But each time, uh, they donate to a different local charity that goes towards uh, children in need uh, each year. So uh, whether I did or didn't, who cares? We're doing it again. <clears throat> I, don't, I don't remember the beers, so it's going to be like I had it for the first time anyway. Oh, man. I, I got to tell you, I, I thought that the, the Thanksgiving games, I thought they were decent. By the way, cheers, man. Cheers. 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 I'm, I'm I'm raw dogging it right out of the skin. Jesus, podcast <laughs> for the people. That's right for the people. Um, I think that the uh, I think the slate of games this year was probably one of the best slates of games on Thanksgiving we've seen in a while, and I'll explain why. <clears throat> Typically, like the Lions play, the Cowboys play. One of those games is good; the other one is not good. And then, like the third game is like just a throwaway. <laughs> there were three great games on Thanksgiving. Packers, Lions, Commanders, Cowboys, and Hawks, Niners. Now, I'll bury the lead. Once again, you got two right. I got one right. So you are 19 all-time. I'm 18 all-time. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to, I'm just telling you right now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick so many easy picks this week because I need to, <laughs> I need to make this distance up. But um, let, let's start Packers, Lions, man, because 
we we were hoodwinked. Have we been hoodwinked? Is an eight and three team capable of hoodwinking you? Like you play on Thanksgiving every year. And I saw this tweet the night before and it said the Detroit Lions are 0-12 when there's a waxing gibbous moon or something yep. like that. And it was like, yep. guess the forecast for tomorrow when there's a waxing gibbous moon. And I was like, nah, this year's different. Then I watched the halftime show with, with Jack Harlow and I was like, oh, they're gonna lose this game. There's just something about the 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 aura in the stadium that is just not right. And the backers are hanging with them all of a sudden. And divisional games are tough, but I was like, this is not going to be good. This is not going to be good at all. Yeah. Um, I missed halftime. I can't remember what we were doing, but my Thanksgiving was uh, was was pretty quiet, thankfully. Uh, normally, they're somewhat chaotic, but my um, we went over to my in-laws, my wife's grandparents, who uh, I've talked about before in their 90s, came over. Ended up just being the three families hanging out until later in the day when people came over for dessert and whatnot. And then we did all the normal, all the normal stuff throughout the weekend. Uh, we don't, we don't really splurge shopping much. I think I ventured out for, um, lunch with the family, stopped into a Barnes and Nobles, uh, lunch, got, lunch, the meal, not lunch, the shitty beer. <clears throat> yeah. 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 Not lunch. The, uh, the once so you agree, it's beer. a shitty beer. Once world reigning, still uh, a solid place in my heart. I did have a, I had another one uh, this uh, over the weekend. Actually, now that you that you mention it, I'm trying to get the name of it. I meant to send you a picture of it during uh, during Thanksgiving, but it's a little whale boat from uh, that is from a good Andrew one. Company. It yep, tastes almost one. identical. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> almost so identical. Almost so identical sim- is. If Almost clo- identical is not identical, Tim. Okay? <laughs> if I closed my eyes, I would think that I maybe just had like a fresh pour of lunch off the draft. That's what that's what it tastes like. They were, I mean, it was very good. I really enjoyed it. But yeah, they are similar. That's like, that's like saying, I mean, it it was almost like Trillium Treehouse similar in terms of quality and, and, and taste. Uh, where you could except one of them something. is good and one of them is not. Uh, yeah. Just yeah, I didn't mind. Uh, it was it yeah. was a good weekend though. It was a good weekend. Yeah, the well, games were games were a bit uh, uh, rough. Uh, a little surprising, I think. Uh, but at least entertaining. At least entertaining. Um, I got beat up a lot in DraftKings because of uh, some of these games. Oh, Not I'm sure. Quite, I'm sure there was there the was so many parlays yeah. that you probably you probably thought you had in the bag, and then absolute nothing. So, uh, how's the beer, by the way? Um, oh yeah, well I'll, I'll dive right into it. Um, it's actually it, it's really good. Counterweight is uh, like a local staple. Whenever we talk to folks about what their opinions are of the better craft breweries here in Connecticut, um, if you ask ten people, half of them will probably put Counterweight in like the top five. I kind of go back and forth a little bit. I haven't had the the full offering from them, but. Uh, from what I did have, I mean, they're super reliable. The quality's great. Um, this one is actually, uh, this is a really, really good beer. I like this one. It says it's a uh, bright pineapple tangerine uh, aroma with distinct, st- I don't like the font that they use. It's so hard to read. Distinct stone fruit mm. and tropical flavor. Eh. Everything's tropical these days. Yeah. Uh, it does have uh, a nice sort of citrus forward but uh, a, a more of a, a mellow bittery back into it uh pretty good 6.4 i'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a three nine 
Three nine. Cheers okay. to the kids. <clears throat> Cheers to the kids. That's right. Christmas is about the kids, by the way. Uh, if you're a parent, R.I.P. Thoughts and prayers, because uh, there is there is no shortage every year of toys <laughs> or ideas <laughs> or things that could just drain your bank account. Right. <sighs> That's why, as an adult, you know, you're just like, I get it. I get it. I don't have kids yet, but I get it when people are like, just give me a pair of socks this year, man. I don't want nothing else. You're like, what? Dad, you must want something. Like, just give me a damn pair of socks. Then you're like, I was such a little shit growing up. I needed this action figure. I needed this sports you know, piece of equipment. I wanted this video game system. And it, it was never like, uh, oh, Dad, can you get me you know, just a, a sleeve of pogs or some marbles to play with or a book? It was like, Dad, I need this $199 video game system. And I know you got me one two years ago, but I need this one. Yeah. <laughs> and each cartridge costs $60. And by the way, it only comes with one controller, so I need three more for my friends. But I'll take four. You know what I mean? Like, what? the audacity that we had as kids. Uh, and uh, there's, there's yeah. so much more that, that is now out in the wild uh, than what uh, we had when we were younger. Um, you know, if you've got kids listening, shout out to them because the... Uh, Little elf on the shelf is coming in the next couple of days if it hasn't shown up already. And that in its own right is uh, a whole different process. It's one that the first time you do it, like, oh, great. This is so much fun for the first couple of weeks. And then the first few times it wakes you up as you're about to fall asleep in bed or the morning you're about to wake up and you panic because you <laughs> haven't uh, moved it, addressed this thing. Uh, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> quickly saps the fun out of it, um, but a lot of those little things are. are I, I, my son is already looking forward to it. He's got a little countdown he puts out that you know he knows it's coming, and some of his friends at school put it. It really should be everyone on the same page scenario because now we have to explain why it's showing up early for other kids. Uh, and if you're one of those parents that's like, or if you don't have kids, <laughs> if you're one of those parents that that doesn't have kids, and you're like, oh, well, that thing is stupid. I'm never going to do that. Well, wait till your kid's the only one that doesn't have it, and then mm -hmm. quickly have to explain why something tied to Santa Claus chooses not to visit your house. So, good luck with that. Always brutal. You know yeah. you know who didn't visit their house for Christmas? That was the Lions. <clears throat> um, yeah. I, I, again, I get it. Divisional playoff implications are now... Now something being talked about, right? The Vikings are falling apart, obviously, because Josh Dobbs is mortal. Just because he's an astronaut doesn't mean he can play great football. Um, but I think one of the things that was interesting to me the most about uh, this Lions game was that, like, it didn't necessarily feel like it was ever out, out of their hands. But it also didn't feel like they really had control of it either. Um, and I, I thought that was, that was quite interesting for me because in a game that you lose 29-22, you're, you're only a touchdown, a two-point conversion away from potentially winning that game, right? So the, the way the game started, 50-yard bomb from Jordan Love to, I think, Christian Watson, like right off mm -hmm. the bat, and they march just right down the field. It probably takes them like 15 seconds, and you're just like, oh, they have something. Yeah. They proceeded to pour 20 points in the first, and you're just like, are we going to see an exact redux of the Ravens-Lions game a couple weeks ago? Now, they get back in it. They do get uh, touchdowns and two-point conversions, one in the third, one in the fourth, but they did nothing 
in the second quarter, and they had six total points in the first quarter. Green Bay didn't really need to do anything else. They got a field goal um, to round out the first half, and Mm -hmm. that was pretty much it. They didn't need to do anything else. Um, A significantly bad, bad day for Jared Goff. Three fumbles lost. Yeah. Just, I mean, in a day you have no picks, you you throw a couple touchdowns, you stay in the game. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, almost 100 yards, 11 targets, nine of those catches. Khalif Raymond, five for five. Jameson Williams, three for two. Eight for five for Sam Laporta, you know, and the touchdown. So, like, you just think, like, okay, cool. You're going to be in this. And for whatever reason, they just kind of ran out of gas. Mm-hmm. I don't think they showed up with a full tank to begin with. Maybe they thought this is our year. Who knows? But uh, a divisional opponent will always humble you if you are not on yeah. a million thousand percent committed to it. And that, that's what I think happened here with the Lions. I, I don't think it's indicative of them not being a great team. I think they just got caught sleeping. Maybe they were watching, you know, Santa Claus come down uh, the lane there in New York City and weren't paying attention to behind <laughs> the prize. Who knows? I think, Sorry, Matt. I think this is something you see uh, periodically, right? No matter how good a team is, anytime you're playing divisional opponents, you run a risk of uh, stumbling a little bit out of the gate, and that's exactly what this was. This They were on a seven-game winning streak against divisional opponents. So um, at some point, you know, that was bound to happen. The The Packers just looked great. Uh, they brought pressure most of the game. The uh, offensive line for Detroit just pretty much crumbled, and Goff was under pressure pretty consistently the entire afternoon. Um, this is, I think, this ties for, like, the third biggest upset margin. I think they were, what, like, uh, eight-and-a-half favorites going into this game. Um, yeah. So it was you, just you lost of, money on that game, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't. I kept it pretty, pretty mild, and I just, you know, couple took a couple money lines and and took some favorites, and you know, this one screwed it up for pretty much the entire weekend. So, um, yeah, I think this is just uh, you know a little misstep that they that the Packers were able to capitalize on. Um, you know, the three fumbles that were lost uh, kind of. Don't even tell the full story. It just looked ugly across the board. Like, uh, you know, he missed some some pretty good targets. He was 29 and 44. Uh, it was just not his peak performance all day. And I got to give credit to uh, the game planning that the Packers brought in and the ability of Jordan Love. Uh, not only did he carry the ball, but uh, I mean, he finished with a, a, a 125 and a half. QBR rating for the day. So this is kind of what you were expecting or hoping to see out of Jordan Love when he first, you know, took over. Maybe we're starting to see that kind of pan out. Uh, but to see the Lions are a great team. Kind of opens your eyes a little bit for uh, Green Bay. I, you know, I don't, I don't have any qualms that they're going to, you know, claw back from five and six and, and make any playoff type runs. But um, if they can come up never and beat an eight and two team the way that they did, uh, in the quality of the game that they put up, then I mean this defense looked pretty scary. I think they, I think they have a chance to, you know, ruin some playoff aspirations for some other teams. For sure, spoiler wise, I, I don't, I don't think that's a bad take at all on that. Uh, and speaking of spoiling hopes, the Commanders' hopes have yeah. got to be snuffed at this point. Like they have something there. You fire Jack Del Rio. There's yep. rumors that Ron Rivera is not going to be the coach. And then 
on Thanksgiving at halftime, practically at halftime, okay? 155 to go. You got 10 points. Dallas has 14. You're like, holy shit. They can do this. <laughs> they can actually play spoiler. Then Pollard for the Cowboys finally gets a touchdown, right? Yeah. He's been off your bench, on your bench, off your bench, on your bench. He's sitting on my bench, all those fantasy points. This is like the third week in a row that I haven't started Dak Prescott in like a, in like a big money league. And I'm like, Patrick Mahomes is my other quarterback. And I'm just like, guy, how I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't put you on the bench because you're going to have a 40 point game. But then Dak keeps getting these 40 point games. So I'm like, well, he can't go get another one. Yeah. He does. DeRon Bland, fifth pick six of the season. I'm not saying the receiver gave up on the route, but I mean, he just snatched it out of the air. From 30 seconds left to go in the half when Dallas went ahead 10 points, they never looked back. Washington never scored again, and Dallas put up 45 on a divisional opponent. Dallas needs to win every single game that they possibly can uh, with the hopes catching the Eagles and hoping some other things go their way, but like Pollard almost 100 yards rushing. Brandon Cooks is a thing again. Like, just continues to keep scoring touchdowns. Like, Dak threw it 32 times. He completed 22 of them, 331 yards, four touchdowns, no picks, no fumbles. It's very hard to beat a team when they play that good. And I appreciate that Sam Howell wants to be a gunslinger. But when you throw it 44 times and you only connect on 28 of them for 300 yards and a pick, no touchdowns. Except when you rush one in, it's just sort of like, yeah. Ah. And I think one of the important things to note on the, on the Dallas side, because they're literally distributing the ball everywhere. everywhere. There were 10 players that were in double digits for yardage uh, on the, the receiving side. And the highest was uh, Cooks with 72 yards. Otherwise, they were pretty evenly distributing that. And that's really difficult to game plan. Most of the time, you can come in and, and kind of target three or four guys who are on the field. You know, that the, the chance of the ball going their direction is obviously uh percentage wise higher uh when you're doling that ball out to anybody who can catch it that's a really really difficult thing to plan against because it's just death by a thousand cuts you know because they're not getting major yardage most of these guys had one reception there's one reception for 24 yards from Jalen brooks one reception by uh Kevante turpin for 34 yards um jake ferguson only had uh one reception for 35 yards so they were finding wide open targets, and it was likely because the defense was stacking up against the uh, the, the Brandon Cooks and the the um, the Doddle, the Pollard. Every you know the guys you would normally have to target or double team. Uh, and Dak said, "Okay, cool. I'll throw it to the ball boy if he gets open." And this is exactly what happens. Um, I don't know. If, I mean, they don't have to do. A lot to catch up to the Eagles. I think they're only a game back, right? They're eight and three, and I think the Eagles yeah. are are nine and two. Um, and and they were competitive in both of their games with the Eagles this season. Yeah. Um, so I think with, with or, Cooks, sorry, the first game they were competitive because they have another one coming up. It's yeah, the Commanders so, who were competitive. With. So with with I think Cooks being back in, CD Lamb is good for a touchdown almost every single game now. Uh, and and if you can just dole that ball out to anybody who's got hands. This is this is going to be a very very rough uh, rough outing. And to speak to the accuracy, uh, those guys that I read that had one reception, 
that was also their only target. So he was hitting yep. them. It wasn't like they were getting open and he was missing them and they just happened to catch one. No, these were like designated, I see you, here's the ball, the first time you're going to show up it. on the stat sheet this uh, this season. Um, but when you're when you're doing that for 20 plus yards each time, that's just, that's brutal. It's backbreaking, really. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it absolutely sucks. Um, and I think all the knocks against the Cowboys have always been like, well, they beat scrub teams and, you know, they can't win when it counts. Like, it's, it's very Kirk Cousins-y narrative. Um, and we're going to see if the, if the Cowboys are about about it this year because the defense is clicking. And the offense, which wasn't clicking when last year when the defense was, is now beginning to come into their own. You know, there is something to be said about uh, peaking at the right time. And I think that's what Dallas is doing. And I don't, I don't hate them for it, right? But if you played for the Commanders, I mean, you're like, why well, can't? This is that game that if you're a Commanders fan, you're probably like, I know we needed the draft picks, and I understand why we got rid of Chase Young and 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 uh, and Sweat. I think is his name, right? But you got no sacks, you generated no pressure, and they just sat back there and they picked you apart methodically all day. You scored ten points in the first half, and you didn't do squat the rest of the game. It has to be a demoralizing game. It's obviously the the key reason why Jack Del Rio is no longer with the team, and it may be the final nail in the coffin for Ron Rivera not being the head coach after the season. So there was a lot on the line for the Washington Commanders in this game, and they did not show up. So, I mean, was it a snooze fest? No. But did it get better and better and better as the game went on if you were not a fan of either team? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I'm going to let you start on this one. Just because I don't, I don't know why you made this. This one you picked with your heart. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm always going to pick my, with my heart. Um, San Francisco is in another atmosphere right now. Yeah. Um, end of the first quarter, 7-3. I'm like, I've seen this before. I know where this is going. Seattle just can't connect on anything whatsoever. Uh, Gino actually came out after the game uh, and said that he held on to the ball too long. He just wasn't throwing guys open. He was just waiting for them to get to places, and him holding on to the ball is why. Um the Seahawks lost as bad as they did at home in a primetime game. But yeah, I, I absolutely picked with my heart on this one. Um, <laughs> Brock Purdy, one touchdown, one pick, 21 for 30, 209 yards, like QBR of less than 90, but practically mm-hmm. surgical. Christian McCaffrey, cheat yep. code, Always. 19 rushes, 114 yards, longest of 27 with two touchdowns, six yards of carry. Basically, so every time that they gave it to him, if they gave it to him again, it's another first down. The way that they march up and down the field, and then Brandon Ayuk, like these massive plays just out of nowhere, 20 plus yards each time. I'm like, what, guys, are you, are you not paying attention? <laughs> like, it, very, very frustrating. Um, no run game whatsoever to speak of uh, for the Seahawks. Zach Charbonnet, 47 total yards, average 3.4. You're not going to beat a team um, that is in your division that knows what they're doing if you're just rushing the ball for three and a half yards, a, a carry. It, it's just, it's not going to happen. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, incredible one-handed catch. DK, quiet. Tyler, quiet. No one else really to speak of. 
as far as stepping up. And you got a fumble here or there. That doesn't help. Uh, and no fumbles and only one pick. And that pick was a pick six. And it was incredible. But they were backed up on, on the goal line. Um, so the others had to walk it in for like two seconds. And yeah. I think that was probably the worst part of the game for me. Because when they got the pick six, I screamed out loud. And I was like, fuck, we can do this. And we did it. No, and I say we as a member of the the Seahawks. Obviously, I was on the field. That's that's why we lost. Uh, I can't get more than three point four yards to carry. So, like, <laughs> I would love to watch I, you catch a football, and I mean that respectfully. Uh, yeah, it would probably be pretty, pretty <laughs> terrible. Um, <clears throat> shout out to Jordan Brooks with the pick six. Uh, also had a pass defense. I am not going to pick the Seahawks for the rest of the season. I'm not. I'm going to steer away from any of their games. They have one of the toughest schedules remaining. <laughs> they have to play the Chiefs. They have to play the Niners again. They have to play the Eagles, and they they play Thursday night against the Cowboys. I think it's be... a very strong possibility that they're not going to be in the playoffs. I, I'm going to pick with my heart and hopefully hopefully they make it there. But like they need to win some upset games, and they need to figure out who the fuck they want to be as a team because you gave Geno franchise quarterback money for the next couple of years, and now it looks like we're right back where we started. They're gonna they're gonna beat. One, if not two of those big teams, my guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Probably the Chiefs because they've been sputtering. Um, the Eagles are due for like a, a crash down to earth game at some point. So maybe that's that's one of them. But I, I, they're going to they're gonna flash in the pan. There's too much talent on that team to not flash a little bit of, of talent I somewhere. Uh, I personally think it's going to come against... Uh, um, I think it's going to come against personally. I think it's it's going to come against uh probably the Chiefs. If I yes, if I, if I was a betting man, sorry, I just got insane. thrown off. I just saw somebody in my uh somebody in my league just picked up Brandon Cooks, which why he was anywhere available. near the waiver wire or available <laughs> is infuriating. Uh, so someone must have just dropped him, but. All right, we'll move on from your heartbreak. Uh, I got the win in that game because I, I knew the Niners were going to take that one. There's just uh, a lot that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot that I'm going to have to see before I start picking boldly against the Niners, and the Seahawks was, was not that team. <laughs> it It's all good. I, I don't really... I don't regret it at all. I don't regret all right, all right. Uh, you got an early flight, so let's get these next ones out quick so that we can we can let you go pack. All right, so Lions started off. Lions Saints. I can't pick. I can't pick the Saints. Uh, the Saints got into a duel with the Falcons. Did not win. Uh, the clip from that game was Jameis Winston rapping Ludacris's "Move Bitch" to Derek Carr uh, because Ludacris was the halftime show and <laughs> didn't motivate them. Uh, the Lions will figure this out. So I, I think this, I'm not going to bear the lead on this. Like the Lions will come back. I don't think that it's possible for them to hold the Saints to like 10 points. Like I think it's going to be a back and forth. And I think that the Lions will pull away eventually. But yeah, I, I'm hoping, Matt, <clears throat> I'm hoping that this is an easy pick. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to go. So I'm not taking the easy route. I'm going to, I'm going to throw some, some tricky ones here. Cool. Uh, Good for I'm you. Go I hope Chief- you lose them all. <laughs> I'm going to go Chiefs, <laughs> Chiefs, Green Bay. Um, 
I'm gonna lean Chiefs on this one, but not comfortably. I think Green Bay just came out and showed that they're capable of doing some pretty good things when they're firing on all cylinders. I'm not. I I don't think this is gonna be a blowout game. I actually wouldn't be surprised that the the Packers end up winning this one. I I suspect that they're gonna do that to us a couple times the remainder of the season. Um, but points allowed per game, they are behind uh the Chiefs by a wide margin. Their defense isn't quite as good. Um, uh, Green Bay throughout the start of the season, well, first half of the season has been sort of middle of the pack. Um, depending on who they're playing against. Chiefs have been pretty good, pretty consistently. Their offense is what's kind of been up and down. Uh, their rushing game has been uh, sort of mediocre this year. Passing yards per game is not very Patrick Mahomes-like. They rank seventh so far uh, throughout the season. So I think if we see the same team that we just watched beat the Lions, this is going to be a much more uncomfortable game than what you would have thought if we were to look at this game uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago or so. Uh, I do think it's going to be the Chiefs. It's going to be, in my opinion, like maybe a touchdown and a field goal. I don't think it's going to be any major blowout or anything like that. Could be. Definite uh, definite possibility there. Uh, Broncos-Texans. I, on this podcast, have been like, oh, I think Russell Wilson has washed. And ever since then, guy's been on a tear. He's not been playing MVP caliber football, right? When you throw it 20 times, you connect for 15 of them. You got two touchdowns, and each of them are five-yard or, or 10-yard touchdowns, like, nothing to write home about. It does win football games, though. And after slumping and going 1-5, they've won the last five, right? So I, I think, especially if you look at the Texans last week, heartbreak loss against the Jags, a tough division opponent. They lost because the, the last second field goal doinked off the crossbar. Um, that being said, though, stats do not matter, except... Look at this. C.J. Stroud, almost 300 passing yards a game, 19 touchdowns, passing, five interceptions, 3,200 passing yards this season. Russ, 2,200. 20 touchdowns, four picks, 200 yards a game. Almost a full 100 yards passing less a game. So you're thinking, okay, well, there's got to be rushing. There's got to be defense. There has to be something. If you take a look at the amount of interceptions that each of these teams generate. For some reason, Denver couldn't generate any pressure or get any takeaways. Now they're 13th in interceptions. The Texans are 20th. Yeah. Stroud does have a habit of giving it away. They have been very fortunate in the fact that they just keep throwing touchdowns. Um, rushing yards, there is a lean in Denver's favor. That's why I'm going to go Denver here. I think that Russ is going to play Solid. He's going to do exactly what he needs to do. Keep the ball out of CJ Stroud's hands. They're going to tear up a ton of time on the ground. A couple of turnovers. This game could be, God, I don't want to say like a 14-10 kind of game, but it feels like that's potentially what it could be. You, you have an offensive genius team, and then you have a defensive team that is winning these very, very short 24-21 kind of games. I have to I have to pick the veteran here, not just because Russ is on the team. Uh, yeah, and right. no, and no, I don't want Russ back on the Seahawks. Yeah, right. Still, still, Team Gino, blink <laughs> twice. <laughs> oh, I said that out loud. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm gonna go uh, Jaguars Bengals. This sounds like it's a layup, but if you've actually watched any of the the Jaguars games. 
they don't all exactly pass the eye test. Uh, they don't look like an eight and three team when you're when you're watching them. Some of that's been some of the teams that they've gone up against. Uh, I'm gonna pick the, the the Jaguars in this one only because it's you know we're missing Joe Burrow. There's still some quality talent on this team. Uh, Jamar Chase is still there. Joe Mixon is there. Whoever is throwing the ball to them has a chance for some big plays. Um, Jake Browning, well, threw a I'm, touchdown against Alabama in 2016. I'm, I'm, I'm saying whoever, whoever they put out there could be the ball boy, <laughs> could be you know the kicker if uh, they need a backup. Those guys are going to get open and they're going to find ways to make plays. I just think that uh, right now injuries for that team are just too many uh, to overcome good teams they're going to beat some mediocre teams they're going to beat some other you know 500 and sub 500 teams going throughout the season but i think if the jaguars come out they play a solid game uh even though statistics i mean on paper they're they're almost identical in terms of makeup defensively uh except the rushing game for cincinnati is also terrible following in line with the same injury bug as everybody else uh but I would I would say if you match these two teams up healthy, uh, it'd be a really tough decision. You'd probably end up picking the Bengals, but uh, too many injuries. Uh, probably find a way to be a close game than what we would think, but I, I do think ultimately the Jaguars are going to pull away uh, uh, probably pretty significantly by the second half. So That would be great. Start the Jags defense. Um, all right, <laughs> last pick of the week here, Rams-Browns. Rams molly whopped Seahawks week one. They beat them handily again. Um, <clears throat> and they're on a bit of a winning streak. I still think that whatever Cooper Cup and the Puka Nakua have, uh, it, it's, you have enough film on it, but teams just can't find a way to stop them. The Browns are on their second, their third quarterback. They signed Joe Flacco, and he's probably going to start this week. You'd want to say career upset, but this is Sean McVay we're talking about here. If this was Browns, Commanders, Browns, uh, Titans, Browns, Jets, Browns, Patriots, I go Browns all day. This is not. This is a team that has remnants of a Super Bowl winning roster still. Like, I can't pick against them. So, I feel bad for the Browns fans because you paid all that money for Deshaun, fractured his shoulder. Was he playing? Was he not playing? So many weird questions about injuries and like teams that are hiding injuries from the NFL. Let's look at that one. NFL, please. Just, just do a little digging, see what happens. But I, I got to go Rams here. Like uh, They're streaking, and I think they're going to fuck around and make it to the playoffs. I said, wow. I, uh, sorry, I was muted. Um, I hate that <laughs> for Deshaun Watson because that man is still, to this day, a steaming pile of hot garbage. Uh, <clears throat> but... You're probably right. I think they're gonna fuck around and and, and make a little bit of a run. Uh, a Trying run to go three and zero every week, baby. <laughs> Championship football, three and zero every week. Yeah. Uh, all right. <clears throat> so I'm gonna go. This one pains me. Chargers, Patriots. Uh, obviously, I'm picking the Chargers in this one. Although this will be the week they finally put something together. They they keep showing little flashes of the pain. The opening drives. If they just stick with more runs. I think they would give themselves a lot, lot better chance to win, uh, because their offensive line continues to uh, force whoever's behind center 
to be constantly pressured, and they ultimately end up making poor decisions. We saw that both times uh, Mac Jones got benched, and they brought in a backup. The backups came in and immediately threw uh, pick uh, picks in both of those games. So th- their backups are not the answer. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I know everybody uh, really wants them to to move on, but there's nobody on that team unless they're signing somebody else. They already talked about Malik. Uh, O'Brien was asked about him. He's been practicing more as a wide receiver than he has as a quarterback coming out of college as well. So he's not going to be the guy. We're not going to be putting in, what is it, Malik Cunningham? We're not going to be putting in mm-hmm. him as a quarterback uh, at any point. So it's, we're, it's, we're you, stuck you with what we got. You asked for this. You said, "Oh, I'm, I'm actually happy we're losing a lot of games." Like, I'm, I'm, I said, you can't I'm, be happy I'm about losing for... no, no, ten to I twelve. Said, I said, "I'm, I'm here." Goal. Yeah, the missing field goals blow my mind. I mean, <laughs> we have flirted with so many games this this year that we very well could be maybe close to a 500 team, but at least nine of them. You lost all of them, but you were in a you were in a chance to win at least nine of them. Close, close. No, not not all nine of them. Uh, there were some late game heroics that kind of just fell short. There's some calls that didn't go our way. There's there's a little bit of everything that kind of went on. Um, but I I mean I have zero confidence in this team. Um, and it's not just Mac Jones. I have no confidence in our receiving core. I have no confidence in. Uh, I mean the only thing I have confidence in is our defense. And they've even been struggling a little bit as of late. They're still good, and they're still, I would put them in, like, the top 10 defenses in the entire league. But when you're out on the field as much as you are because your offense can't sustain drives or, or any level of production whatsoever, uh, you're just going to get tired and worn down no matter how good you are. Um, the, the reason I think the Chargers, I mean, besides the obvious struggles, the only reason I think the Pats have a chance in this one is their defense against the pass is awful. It's really bad. There's 32nd in the league. Uh, the problem is uh, <laughs> New England, in terms of their passing yards per game, are 23rd in the league. So it's just not great. They're 31st in score in points scored per game. So I, I mean, nothing, nothing here other than that one individual stat line. Would do anything to steer me towards the Patriots. Um, this is going to be the one where I'm going to look dumb. I know they're going to come out. I'm, watch, they come out and put up like a, a solid game. Pro- probably not, but I'm, tr- I'm trying probably. to, I'm trying <clears throat> to uh, like reverse engineer this, you know, so that so that it happens. But uh, <coughs> excuse me, uh, I'm going to go Chargers. I, I just think Herbert's playing uh, better. I mean, he's not playing his best football this season. But he's playing better than Mac Jones. That offensive, everything on this team is doing just a uh, a better job. In 600 more yards than Jones has, he's got 10 more touchdowns on the season. So it's just going to be too much for that defense. Uh, the Chargers are offensively minded. They're going to put up um, big yards. You know, they may not put up big points, but they're going to keep the defense out. And they're going to keep working, and it's going to be a bender break as long as the offense can't uh, sustain any level of drives. I keep saying, if they operate in that two-minute drill and that that hurry up, they have an opportunity to find something there because you're not giving the team the the defense a chance to set and establish uh, whatever it is that they're going to do for the blitz. Um, when he can, you'd have to do that thirty times. I mean, if that's what it takes, and 
Why, why they're not running the ball more blows my mind. Yeah. Like, Elliott has finally found his footing. Stevenson has been great. Uh, last game, if they had just continued to hand the ball off, uh, they would have given themselves a much better chance to win that game. And I think what ends up happening, if you continue to establish your run as your premier form of sustaining drives, uh, you'll. I think it'll free up the the receivers that they do have for better or worse, and may allow Mac Jones a little bit more time to not make some poor decisions, but they just keep going with this screen pattern over and over and over and over again. And we're starting to see teams obviously capitalizing on that. We we almost had a turnover this week, and when they asked O'Brien about it, he said, well, sometimes when you go back to the well, do I, well, no shit. It's pretty much been your game plan all season. <laughs> just time. run a screen, run a screen, run a screen, maybe try and go downfield while Mac Jones is getting his neck ripped off because you know the entire defensive line is on top of him so um i'm gonna go chargers i'm will if i were a betting man i'd, I'd put money down on, on on the pats winning this one just out of spite but uh <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go chargers oh boy all right uh playoff predictions here mm. the current playoff picture yeah for the afc okay yep ravens number one chiefs number two jags number three Dolphins number four, Steelers, Brown, Colts, five, six, seven. On the bubble, could definitely get in. Six and five Texans, six and five Broncos, six and six Bills. Who do you think from the AFC is making the playoff? Um, I think the Bills threatened to not make it. Um, uh, sorry. I was ready. I was going to type it. I was like, oh, here we go for the record. Uh, I think the Texans are going to surprise everybody. They're going to sneak in maybe on, maybe with either the last seed or a wild card. The Dolphins are definitely going to be in. Uh, the Chiefs are sitting at 8-3 and three right now. I don't see many teams challenging them as long as they stay healthy. They got some shit to figure out, though, because obviously as the season goes on, people, I mean, and they start playing some of the same teams again. The game plans are going to change, um, so there's some uh, there's 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 some possibilities there. But I think Texans, Dolphins, Chiefs. Um, I mean, I don't know how you can write off the the Bills and the Ravens. Uh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. The Bills don't give me a lot of. A lot of confidence in terms of being able to show they they streak they they come out and put up like three or four good games in a row and then they come out and you know Josh Allen gets bit by the the turnover bug again and then he start you know sprouting doubts and then you know obviously with uh, Lamar and the the Ravens oh, that one's uh that's a tough one that's a tough one. I'll say I'm the only three I'll guarantee right now are going to be the Texans, the Dolphins, and the Chiefs. Probably the Ravens over the Bills. I mean, my guess. You still need three other picks. Well, I know, but <laughs> I'm not willing to. I'm not willing super to guarantee wild anything. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I, I mean, look, Ravens, Chiefs, Jags, Dolphins. I think those are your division winners, right? And I think Texans, Broncos, and the Bills. I think the Bills will squeak in. I think they'll have some Week 17 and 18 magic. Uh, the Texans and the Broncos, regardless of what happens tomorrow, I mean, it has playoff seating this weekend. It has playoff seating implications. But I think both of those teams are way better than any other team in the AFC right now. So I, I think that's who 
I think that's who honestly could make it for their, for AFC. Now, what happens week one? Don't ask me because the Bills could be bounced, the Ravens could be bounced, <laughs> the yeah. Chiefs could be, you know, I mean, let going me, to OT I, I and running off that luck. I don't know what the Jaguars schedule looks like. Real quick, let's let's look at that. Hold on. Let's see. All right, so they play the Bengals, then it's the Browns, the Ravens, the Bucks, the Panthers, and the Titans. So. There's only a couple teams between them and the end of the season that you would say, okay, this is going to be a challenging game, right? We already talked about the Browns. We talked about the Ravens. The Buccaneers, every now and again, might come out and kind of, you know, put up a game or two, but I have no confidence in Baker. Um, Even though Evans has found his footing again, the Panthers, garbage. The Titans can't seem to figure it out consistently. So, uh, I mean, this team could conceivably, conceivably finish I don't know, like, and in five, something like that, and and I think if that happens, I mean, I guess they're they're probably a a, a shoe in unless there's some form of injury or something unforeseen that pops up. So I think I think we would be doing them an injustice by not including them in the uh, in this list. But uh, who do the Ravens play? We got the Chargers, the Rams, the Jaguars, the Niners, the Dolphins, and the Steelers. So they've got quite a bit uh, in front of them that they have to overcome. Um, they're nine and three right now, but I could easily see them losing uh, a couple of these games, dropping them down in the seating. Uh, Jaguars game could be tough. The Niners game is definitely going to be tough. Going up against the Dolphins, I suspect. Like I'm going to call that one uh, an L. And they got the Steelers to wrap out the season, and depending on where they're sitting in the playoff picture, if they've already punched their card, that game doesn't matter. But if they're on the fence or if they're playing for uh, like home field or, or something, that's probably going to – that that'll be, uh, I think, a trickier game than, <clears throat> than what we'd look at at face value. They're on a bye this week, so they're going to come in fresh against the Rams. Uh, and then we got the Bills, right? Let's, let's – what their schedule looks like real quick. Uh, this is where we need this is where we need someone to to do this shit for. <clears throat> yeah, because the Bills are the Bills have a tough schedule. So right off the bat, we got the Chiefs and the Cowboys. Then they're then they're uh Chargers. New England, and they finish with the Dolphins. I'm going to go out on a limb and say they don't make the playoffs. All right. If no they if they think. if they make the playoffs, it'll it'll be on like a wild card with some crazy magic on, on the tail end. But they're sitting at 500 right now. They've mm-hmm. got the worst record of anybody we just talked about, and they have three potential losses still on the board. So potential that puts them at 6 and 9 with New England probably a, a win so then they're uh 7 and 9 Let's Chargers be fair maybe. that a Bills a Bills team at 7 and 9 would be insanity uh, I mean be a lot of upset people in uh, Upper Niagara I would just say that Chiefs, Chiefs Bills who you taking Chiefs Okay Cowboys Bills who you taking Cowboys Dolphins Bills who you taking this is where it gets tricky. Uh, they've been beaten up on a lot of bad teams. And to to for context, Dolphins last game of the season, 
So if they've already punched their card, you may have a situation where they're sitting a lot of their starters and the Bills are trying to make hey, the playoffs. we got a situation here. Yeah. Another another reference the youth won't get. Um, yeah, I would go I would go probably Bills there towards the end of the season and, and the, the seating's already been decided. So And then <clears throat> possible. The Bills, Patriots, regardless of what those teams are are built out like, always tend to to kind of fuck with each other's confidence. And when we're talking about Allen, we're concerned more about the turnover bug than we are their defense giving up points to to Mac Jones or whoever they have taking the snaps at the time. But let's say that defense forces a bunch of turnovers and this becomes like a scrappy 12-10 game or something like that. Uh yeah, I could, I could see an upset play there. I don't I don't I I wouldn't bet on it, but it is a possibility it's a divisional opponent you're playing for the second time this season. I I'm not comfortable with their uh with the their remaining schedule. If they eke in, they eke in with like the last final yeah, that, that's then. that's that's why I had him that way. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's let's go NFC. So the current playoff picture for the NFC is as follows: Eagles at ten and one, Niners eight and three, Lions at eight and three, the Falcons five and six, but they're the NFC South, so none of them have a, a winning record. Uh, Cowboys eight and three, Seahawks six and five, Vikings is six and six, but they are sliding. Uh, wild card teams on the bubble potentially Packers five and six, Rams five and six, Saints five and six, Bucks if they decide to strap up maybe could make it. Personally, I think that Eagles, Niners, Cowboys, Falcons are those division locks. And I think for the wild cards, Rams, Seahawks, Packers. I think the Seahawks can can sneak in there, and I think the rest of the NFC having a massive down year is not good for them, but it's good for the Seahawks. Uh, the Packers are surging a little bit, and we already talked about the Rams and my pick. So, like, I think that's why I could see three teams in the NFC West, arguably still one of the toughest divisions in football, um, even when they all don't play to their best. Like for one weekend, especially if the if the Niners don't get the top seed, like they will be hosting a potential NFC West opponent on Wild Card Weekend. So that sucks for them. Uh, also sucks for whoever has to. <laughs> Ever has to play that uh, that game, but because you're like, oh damn, this is the third time in the season. This isn't supposed to happen, but that that's my NFC picks. What about you? Uh, I would agree with those, although with the Rams, they're uncertain. I mean, I don't think Flacco is going to be their their saving grace for the Rams. Uh, Stafford, Flacco's for the Browns. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, I take back every thought I just had. <laughs> hey Jamie, 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 pull up, pull up pull, that number yeah. for uh, <laughs> pull that number up for the for the home where, where people <laughs> have those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for, I I thought for I had missed some news, and I thought you were saying that he had gotten signed to play for the Rams, and I missed the Stafford injury of some kind. I was like, what? What are we talking about here? Uh, but no, 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 it's for the Deshaun Watson injury. Yeah. Yes. That's great. Yeah. Yep. In hindsight, this is what happens when I'm reading while you're talking and I'm not listening to what what you're talking about. So be fair. You know, for the last 51 minutes, have you been listening every time I open my mouth? Or does your body just go on autopilot and you're like, uh, he'll be done? No, no, no. I was I was actively try to listen. I try. Uh, but I'm also generally looking to to see what information I might need to bring to the table when it is my turn to recap the games. So uh, that one is a big mess. Yeah, no, I I agree with um. Falcon, I mean, 
Falcons are such a weird team that any consideration of them being in the playoffs right now just feels weird, weird. because we haven't talked about it in, uh, I mean, four years, five years. Yeah. Since, since the Matt Ryan peak days. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now they're sitting at five and six and their schedule schedule looks, I mean, nothing on here stands out as like an overly difficult game. They got, they just played the saints and they won. They finished the season against the saints, but then everyone they're facing is 500 sub 500 teams. They got the jets, the bucks, the Panthers, the Colts and the bears. So, um, I don't. You don't know what you're going to get out of this team, but there's nobody else in that division. I would say, oh yeah, they're they're a lock. So I'd have to agree. I think the Eagles, Niners, and Cowboys. I think one of those three are going to be the obviously the Super Bowl contenders. Um, probably, and it pains me to say it, the Cowboys. I would go probably go Cowboys, Niners, Eagles. Just I think looking at the way those teams match up um, and some of the games that they won. I could see the Niners being demoted and the, the Eagles up, but right now for me, I think it's the Cowboys' position to to give up. But no, I think Eagles, Niners, Cowboys, Falcons, Rams, Seahawks, as you have written, and then Packers. Uh, <laughs> which is Appreciate weird. That which is weird to think the Packers right now uh, as well because they've been kind of up in the air a little bit, but we've seen some better football, so. I can see them working their way up the the pecking order a little bit, but I think the Falcons are going to sneak in. Uh, maybe this year. That's what happens when you play in a bad division. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just It is what it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. I think it's a perfect segue. <laughs> yes. <laughs> let's let's finish this episode of Stats Matter. We'll, we'll have a quick conversation, if you will. Tom Brady's saying a whole bunch of stuff. Like, yeah. we get it. You love the game, dude. It's never been in question. But recently going on Stephen A's show and being like, you know, the game is soft. Like, he, he, there's, there's one thing he said recently in his comments that actually made a lot of sense. And he said that the coaching is worse. And I completely agree. I think the offensive prowess to want to put um, just as many points on the board as possible and, like, the way the rule changes have been occurring, like, it makes it different and difficult, especially for young quarterbacks to sort of, achieve any foothold in the league. And there's so much turmoil that like teams pay through the nose for long-term veterans because they view that with stability. But Alex Smith on NFL uh, Live or NFL Countdown was like, he played in one of the most uncompetitive divisions in football. And he's right. Uh, You know, Alex Smith played in the AFC West against the Chiefs. um, Well, sorry, for the Chiefs against like the Broncos during the, the Manning years, right? He had to hold off to guys from his own team, right? Uh, when Patrick Mahomes was coming of age. So, like, the Patriots were known for losing a game to the Dolphins every year just because, right? Weird, weird voodoo, right? But, like, had the Bills number, had the Jets number for a long time. Like, it was it was weird. Like, you could almost, like, every year, even when they didn't have Julian or Gronk on the team, you could be like, oh, yeah, they're probably going to go, like, 6-2 and two in the division, and they'll win the AFC East again. Uh, and some of that matters, right? So I don't think Tom Brady is wrong in saying that the league has gotten softer. There have been a ton of roughing the penalty passers, uh, weird, weird tackles that just get $42,000 fines from the NFL and, 
and you know all that stuff is released on social media so you can see it and there's just people watching the game being like no that wasn't that wasn't egregious that wasn't worth forty thousand dollars of a player's game check so i think he's wrong but i also think he's sort of right in a way about how the game is different now it's not the same as it used to be yeah Uh, and i'm interested your take on that yeah, no, I mean, it's like we've seen it, and for better or worse, he has been sort of the reason why some of these new rules have been formatted. But you can't blame him. Like, he's not sitting in these panels having rules generated to help protect offensive players or quarterbacks, right? It's just that's where that's what people are coming to see. Nobody's buying tickets anymore to watch defensive games, they want to see. The Randy Moss passes. They want to see big, uh, big yardage. They want to see 30, 27 games. They want to see like big numbers. And I don't think he's wrong in that, you know, I, I would love to go back and see what rules were in place when he started versus when he left. I just looked at what his record is against uh, the entire NFL and all of the teams. And if we go just down. The NFC list, okay. Let's 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 start with uh, the Cardinals. He was only he was one and one. Uh, the Falcons, he was ten and zero. The uh, Cowboys, he was six and zero. The Bears, he was six and one. Carolina, he was seven and three. Uh, the Lions, he was five and one. The Packers, he was uh, five and two. The I mean. Other than some of these divisional opponents you saw regularly, like the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Steelers, other than the Colts, these numbers match up, and the Bills, these numbers match up pretty much across the board. He was 500 against uh, the Broncos uh, with 99. Um, but I mean, like, he has winning records against everybody but the Broncos, and that's because him and Manning were playing at the same time. So to say he wasn't, I mean, he was beating everybody that was put in front of him. And he still had to go through those teams to win Super Bowls, and he won a dozen Super Bowls. So He also had one of the easiest pathways to it, though. Right? Like, how many years were the Patriots the number one seed? I mean, sure. He had one of the easiest pathways to it. But to say that, like, they were still playing teams outside of their division every season. They weren't just mm-hmm. playing the same... Yeah, but the Bears were scrubs most of those years, right? A couple of those years were Josh McDaniel years when there was nothing going on. A couple of those years were uh, Jay Cutler years, right? He like he didn't necessarily face like a murderer's row. Like the Falcons after the Super Bowl, that wasn't hard. Well, it wasn't it, hard at all. Yeah, the Packers. But- yeah, the Packers games were a little tough. Yeah, the Cowboys games were a little tough with Romo and then Dak coming on board. No, but yeah, you can't. You were, can't look at some of those things. You can't look at a lot of those and say like. Oh, well, he beat them, so they were clearly easy games. Nobody looked at any of those Super Bowl games as like, this is an easy matchup. Like, yeah, the greatest show on turf that came in and got their ass kicked. Like, it's he, sure, getting to the playoffs is one thing, but then you're playing against the best teams in the NFL, and he was still winning playoff after playoff after playoff after playoff for 20 years. You can't say he had the easiest pathway for the full 20 years. Like, it's just disingenuous to say that that's that's 
what his experience was the entire time they were there because there were years he a significant amount of them though a significant amount of them maybe i think i think that's just the the conversation on the internet taking over everyone's opinion and nobody but actually he's the getting... one who started it tim it wasn't like <laughs> we all said oh you know what i think the fucking league's soft uh tom what do you think about that he he said it he's the one who instigated it but he didn't say it was soft like when he's talking about the the league being softer, he's not talking about just his experience playing the game. He's talking about the product that's on the field. He's talking about uh, he he names defensive players that he had to go up against that were some of the most notorious players that were out on the field that you don't have anymore. Like who would you even equate to Legion of Boom? I mean Ed Reed. That, that's uh, that's an individual player. What Paul would you? Malu. Yeah. No, but what I'm saying is. Yeah, the when, Steelers. The Steelers defense back so, in their heyday. Right. Sure. No, no. That's that's my point. So when we're looking at the last 20 years, you can pick teams that had just scary defensive players that were just lighting people up left and right. His entire career, you had to go up against those guys, right? Like the Ravens defense was a menace. Like you, you had guys that were notorious for being very well, very hard-hitting defensive players. Who would you say now, outside of like Miles Garrett or uh, Boza or a couple other like linemen or linebackers that really have that same stopping power? Nobody. And that's because there is no impact to a quarterback the same way you would see it then. Like, you can't go too low. You can't go too high. If you make contact with the head, if you land with your... This is insane. If you land with your body weight on the player, then that's a penalty. Like the rules that have come out in the last 10 years, which again, some of them might Some of them be... benefited Brady. Sure, but he's again, he's not the one making the rules and they weren't rules that were in place when he started playing the game. They got Yeah, I just think it's, it's a little disingenuous on. when you're like, "Oh, the 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 on the field product is so soft." And if you want to even if you use one of your points I mean, about like But it is though. Right. Yeah. Like, I, every I, week we watch a game now, and if we go back just 10 years, let's not go 20 years to when he was first playing, the game 10 years ago until now, and the rules that have been instituted are, yeah, it, they're, they're it is a very offensive-leaning, quarterback-protecting rules, right? Like, they're also really inconsistent, which is bizarre, but that's another conversation for another day. Sure, were there <laughs> rules that came out? So I think what we saw... Is a transition where pass-heavy, pocket-protecting quarterbacks were having a lot of success. You had Rodgers, you had Manning, and you had Brady. So the NFL wanted to protect that product, and they were finding ways to protect that product. And then studies with concussions and impact on the game. We've had several major CTE stories that have come out since he started playing until now with some of the folks that played with those guys. Hernandez, Junior Seau. So I think the conversation has shifted pretty drastically onto the player safety side, which has generated a lot of rules, which unfortunately, like, again, Tom Brady's not out there on the, the medical panel making up these rules. These rules are getting passed down to the teams and the referees, and they just have to enforce them. So you can't blame somebody or, like, discredit somebody because the rules happen to come out while they were playing. You can make the same argument with the NBA and how soft that's become, where Everything's protecting the shooters. It's protecting the guys who drive the basket and kind of negates the defensive side. And every game now finishes 115, 120 to 115, 120. So I think what it is is he was a byproduct of a 
uh, fast forwarding in medical developments when it comes to player safety, uh, realizing the product and the money was behind high scoring games. So all of those guys who played all probably had the same experience and would probably tell you the same thing. But he was in the league for like, what, 22 years, 23 years? So to say that the product didn't change in that time, whether at his benefit or not, it's going to change. So, and he was there as part of it to see it. And yes, he was also the benefit of some of those. But to say like quarterbacks and the way they come up now, like you have college quarterbacks who have probably never taken a big hit in their entire career because it's just something that gets coached out of defensive players because it's a, a 10 yard and a, or 15 yard and a, and a first down or a spot penalty yeah. or a spot penalty. So like the coaching that goes into protecting other players now makes the game softer too. You're no longer like, Hey, if that quarterback is moving, you clean him out. Well, now it's got to be like below the shoulder pad and, and, and like above the, above his ball <laughs> sack and and when you land as you're in <laughs> you the air kiss him goodnight. Yeah. yeah as you're landing in the air somehow you have to throw your body off of him otherwise i mean it's just the most difficult thing to do in the nfl is to play defense no matter what position it is if you're playing on the outside uh any contact is may or may not be passing interference uh if you're playing inside or your alignment or anything like that any contact to a quarterback runs the risk of like blowing up your entire game. So I agree with him. It's become a softer product, but it's a byproduct of like the information that we have available to us in terms of safety. Do I think they need to scale that back a little bit? I've, I've already gone on record and saying once a player runs, I don't think they should have the option to slide. Once a quarterback runs, you should now be considered a running, uh, a running back and you should be free game the same way a running back would. Uh, so even I agree that there are some rules that are in place. I know a lot of people are going to say, like, the tuck rule and blah, blah, blah. In terms of the division that he was in, he can't help it. It just was what it is. He still had to go out and beat the best teams in the league to get Super Bowls or compete in Super Bowls. To win right. seven, I think, to get in and lose another, what, three, four? Mm, that's That's... That's a lot of Super Bowl appearances uh, in a in a career span to not have a justifiable justifiable opinion on what the product of the game is because if you're playing football that much and you're succeeding that much, you're also ingesting and watching a lot of fucking football because you're studying every other team that you go up against. So I don't think he was saying I had it harder than everybody else, therefore my opinion matters. I think he was saying our league and what we played in and the folks around the league had it more difficult our our development and our uh coaching and everything as we were coming up was harder and now a lot of that has been coached out of the game and kids don't know what to do with it i think that's all he was saying i think it was being kind of blown out of proportion in my opinion it's just like as he is the premier ambassador to the game right mm -hmm. He is. He is like the emeritus. He's like Tiger Woods. Yeah. Like when he says something, people are going to listen. And I feel like when you have that position in a sport and you're at the, you're at the Valhalla, no one is going to get seven Super Bowl wins. It's not going to happen. There's going to be someone who gets five, someone who gets six, but it's so difficult. You need so much in a, in an era of like creativity like that in order to be able to keep sustaining at that high level. Like there's a reason why only Michael Jordan's done it, right? And 
did not want to sneeze on camera. Uh, <laughs> and I think that he just, it's too soon for him to be saying the product's soft. Like Here's, here's actually, and this took me literally 30 seconds. I wish, I, I, I didn't see that we'd be talking about this, but I wish I had seen this earlier because this is a prime example, I think, of what he's trying to say. So from 2009 to 2022, Tom Brady received a total of 35 roughing the passer penalties. Guess how many Josh Allen has so far? Probably 30. <laughs> so that is a, that, that's a prime example of a, a, a mobile quarterback, nonetheless. But it's just like, I mean, if, if we dug into it a little bit more, I think we would start to see more roughing the passer calls, more, uh, we'd probably see a lot more defensive receiver passes, uh, defenseless receiver calls, passing interference calls. I bet we would tend to see an upper trend for a lot of those. I think that's really all, at the end of yeah. it, I think that's all he was saying. Regardless of what division he was in, those calls, what you're seeing, because he watches football every Sunday like everybody else does, so he can see and compare what he's doing to what was happening on the field over the, you know, 22 years he was playing. Yeah. Very but. possible. Very possible. I just, come on, man. Like, just sit in the background for a little bit. I mean, the, the, the sports media world was crazy this week with them talking about well, now that Frank Reich has been fired from the Panthers, that, oh, Greg Olson might be the head coach if, I mean, he's interested if people will reach out to him. The fuck? No, we need to stop this whole, oh, you have someone on TV? I guess you can coach a football team. You can't. You need, you need reps. So on that, I think, yeah, Brady's right. This league's soft. When <laughs> former players can be like, oh, I can coach this football team. No, you can't. Yeah. No, you can't. You can't. Yep. Just because you sit and now you're an analyst and you see how the rest of the league works. And you have some grandiose ideas. Does not mean you can put it into into practice and be better than everyone else. It does not work that way. It just doesn't. <sighs> All right. All right, buddy. That will do it for this episode of Stats Merit Podcast. Uh, did you win any money on the cricket world championships, by the way? I didn't. And did we get anybody reaching out saying they wanted to hop on and chat with us? We did not. But maybe okay. now that there are some champions, we should, uh, who knows? Maybe one of these days we'll we'll do like a cricket episode and just say like, this is how the game's played. We'll find someone. All right, deal. I'm in. I'm gonna start putting money on it on DraftKings. <laughs> oh boy. Well, the season's over, so maybe wait until next year. But yeah, yeah, next year. Yeah. All right, buddy. Enjoy your trip. We will talk to you guys next week. Peace.